so Neil just startled the shit out of me. Um, right before he pressed play, he said, just creamed out. And I was like, what the fuck are you saying to me? And then I realized that I'm wearing a cream colored shirt with a cream colored hat. Yes. And uh, it, threw, it threw me right off, my man. I now have a new mission in life. And before we record, right before, I'm going to drop a random bomb, see how much I can start. You just be like banana jamming and, and just see just what like happens. Press the button and see see what I come up with. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, how much can I throw Zach off his game? Slamming salmon in banana pants. And you're just like, what the fuck is happening? Oh, my God. Actually, I think you would throw, you would have the better chance of winning in that. Uh, I don't know. We flipped it around. So there's like, some you, you create it, bro. But you just drop the tortilla as a dildo. What? <laughs> huh? What? Ooh. What? <laughs> oh yeah hello oh happy happy december 8th <laughs> oh hey yeah uh, oh hey happy, happy december it's, it's the second day of hanukkah third fourth Bro, fifth it's hilarious know. to me that you think that just because my last name is kaufman that i know when hanukkah is <laughs> <laughs> this was wild actually i was at i was working at um, one of the hospitals and i went to get a patient from the waiting room to bring him back into the clinic and uh he i'm like hey you know i'm dr kaufman i'm one of the residents working here i'll be working with you today and he had a jewish last name and he looks at me he's an old guy with pretty severe dementia and goes Mm -hmm. kaufman is that latino (laughs) (laughs) i was like nope (laughs) knowing that he was going to ask me more about it and i was like please for the love of god don't ask me about it don't say what you're going to say right now old white man and he was like so what what ethnicity is it i was like god damn it it's like it's jewish you know and he goes, so you believe that Moses is the one true savior? I was like, this got intense real fast. <laughs> I'm like, who will we? I was like, no, man. No, man. My family just has this name. This is just the name I was born with. You know, it says nothing about my beliefs. <laughs> oh, the old white guys. I love him. I white guys say some real bananas shit, man. I I have a I have a follow-up story actually. Okay. <laughs> so in high school football, I had to go get my physical and we the local hospital did like a drop in on like I think Wednesdays you can drop in, do a physical for like 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. So I dropped in for it. And yeah, the doctor that does it, I'm pretty sure are the doctors that are like kind of on their way out and we're gonna get we're gonna filter stuff for you. And the doc I got was a probably like a 60 year old white dude. I was like, Oh, well, you're, you're, you're big and strong. And Oh, what's your last name? I'm like, Oh, it's Ty. And he's names this random old, like other lineman for the Niners. Like, Oh yeah, that guy was a tie too. And gets into it. And then later I found out, it was like, I looked him up and learned about him. I'm like, Oh, that's, that was just a giant Samoan dude. I'm like, Oh, Okay. So just no, just nowhere. Like no, there's, there's, there's nothing there, man. <laughs> and yeah, dude, exactly. And you're just like fucking. Like, it, I mean, nowadays it's just like, oh my god, that is so. It's like inappropriate, and it's you know, right on the border of being pretty racist. You know what I'm saying? But to him, in his mind, he's probably just like, oh, this is oh, like a conversational a topic. This is like yeah. something to talk about. I don't know. But he went on on it for like 15 minutes. Yeah, that's <laughs> like through the whole duration of the thing. I'm like, all right, guy. <laughs> I could care less. I thought I thought I was really, especially because I had no idea in the moment either. But yeah, you're also like, let's you know, let's maybe talk about football. I don't know. There's plenty of other things we could talk about. Here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> why are you making me cough and doing a little grass grasp? <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so, all right, brother. <laughs> so, well, you know that guy. I think hopefully learned something today. You learned something that day. Um, that 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 player was Samoan. And the topic of today is all about learning. It's all about um, when you feel like you're stagnating 
It was a stretch of a segue. I love this. I love the transitions. <laughs> They're my favorite parts of how we do this now. When you find out, it's always just like, let's see if I can get the other guy to enjoy this segue, um, which I'm pretty sure is how the inventor of segue felt. Um, so <laughs> the whole topic is essentially feeling like you're stagnating in your growth or feeling like you're stagnating in your curve of learning when in actuality you are learning um, whether or not it's about something that you just didn't expect to be learning about or whether it's just not learning in the way that you thought that you should have been learning. So I'm just going to kind of lay that out there, poorly explained. And I just want to ask you if there's anything that comes up in your mind when I say that. There is. But when you said lay that out there, I just imagine you going just like pancake laying on top of me and just being like, oh, I don't know why, but this is what I imagined. We're just laying perpendicular to each other, belly to belly. And I'm just like, belly face to face. Or the other way around, but like, you know, well, you know, depending on the mood, holidays, got to have some extra joy. Well, uh, I was just, I was imagining perpendicular, just totally like makes no sense. Just, <laughs> we're just stacked like a cross. And then just holding hands. Yeah, of course. Not holding naturally. toes. Naturally. Yes. I'm holding your toes with my left hand, hand and holding toe. your hand with my right hand and then vice versa. You know? mm-hmm. Actually, no, I'm just face into the donk. Oh, so that's going to get inappropriate very quickly. So we're going to segue out of this segue. First of all, it's called, it's called North South in jujitsu. So, <laughs> um, okay. So the question at hand, what comes up for me other than the rabid boner I just got, that's going to get cut out of this episode. <laughs> yeah. Rabid. <laughs> uh, okay. What comes up? I actually immediately think of woke wasted days. And one of the messages I got in a reading once and it was at a point where I was going into the records several times a day and going in for everything, asking about everything, trying to get as much information as I could. And then I got slapped on the head by the records. They're like, dude, screw you, bro. Stop. But they're essentially just said, you don't need to be looking for things to fix. So step back, relax, and you'll know when you need to look into something. It will be palpable. Other than that, that's just your own habitual stuff coming up that's saying you need to do this and you need to do this and keep going. You can back off and relax. You're not the type of person that needs to do that because you always will be anyways. So very first thing that comes up for me. Yeah. When you talk, I mean, I I actually remember that when you talk about that, think about this tendency within the personal growth field that the idea that knowing having more information is going to somehow make you better, right? Having more information is going to somehow, there's going to be one piece of information that just changes everything. And as soon as you learn that piece of information, your life is just going to like magic that your life is just going to magically turn around or something, Mm -hmm. which is just not true. Oftentimes what we actually do is we end up giving ourselves information overload. And then we have all of this data that we don't know what to do with. It's all indiscriminate (laughs) from one another because there's too much of it. You don't know how to pick out what's pertinent. And when there's that much, when there are that many options, you don't know what to do. You don't know which course of action to take. It's like hopping on Netflix or HBO Max or whatever and having so many options to choose from. You go, I don't even know what to watch. So I'm just going to watch something old. Similarly, you can bog yourself down with too much information, reading too many self-help books or too many spiritual books or whatever. And then just going, well, I don't know what to do with all this information. There's too much here, too many options. This would require a full turnover of the way I do everything in life. If I were to live 
buy all of this information. So I'm just going to go back to doing what I was doing anyway. And then you end up back at square one, you read a different book, you try to start the whole process over again and blah, blah, blah. It's far more effective to speak to your point, to learn one thing that is relatively effective and then just do that one thing. Mm-hmm. Like you could, you could pick up a self-help book or um, a book on embodiment or a book on stoicism or a book on Buddhism or any, any spiritual book or whatever, read one chapter highlight or write down what you think the central theme or the central takeaway from that chapter is, or if they give you an exercise in that chapter, write down that exercise. And then you just do that like for a month or a week or whatever. And you'll get far more out of that than you would out of reading that book every day and like reading it from front to back, you know, cause you're actually making an actionable change that's manageable for you. Yeah. I am full theme on that full send on that. I think that's that's also just me in a nutshell you just described my whole life story (laughs) but i think integration is one of the most important things that's all overlooked especially in personal development especially in people who are very growth oriented and i think there's a very big power in just choosing one and making a commitment and going with that until it's time for the next thing and that's going to be a lot of times longer than most people think um mm-hmm. shiny object syndrome right but i think being able to choose one thing and implement it and integrate it into yourself your life who you are and then that will begin to create space for everything else but to your question another thing that came up I was just speaking i was thinking about it like actually though like aside from this when you are growing and then you feel like you aren't I think that's oftentimes too just a self-perception issue. It's us and our own personal frameworks and our how we view ourselves and our need to grow and become this thing and do this thing when it's really not that crazy. It's it's ego saying this and some wounding driving this. But we most of the times will be growing more than we are consciously realizing. And I think that's where again, that space, right? Where you have that space where you're doing that one commitment or whatever it is, but you have some space to actually slow down, to get out of your head, to get into a less emotionally loaded, less unbiased kind of calmer state to self-reflect and see you, you can really begin to see, okay, I actually still am growing. It's just, I am expecting to have this giant orchard when like i'm just sprouting out of the ground and you still sprouted out of the ground and you're becoming a tree which is eventually going to become this orchard and you have this giant expectation when it's simply like we're not there yet but you are still growing and improving and directly on your path exactly man i think that we have we're just going to pretend like i didn't run out of thing like that word didn't fall out of my head and we needed to pause right there (laughs) what you're saying really speaks to something I was talking about earlier with our friend Maya is that we have these self-created expectations and we always move the goalpost on ourselves. You could have some imagined arbitrary goal or arbitrary line of when I know this much or I should be growing this fast or blah, 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 blah. And then when you actually are growing that fast, you start to approach that goalpost or that line, you push it further back. And you never let yourself actually reach the line 
celebrate it and then move it for like, and then move it forward. It's just always a constant carrot at the end of the stick dopamine burnout without any achievement in serotonin and everything like that. It's kind of unhealthy, but you're right in the sense that it is also a self-perception. What I was thinking about with regards to the reason that I was thinking about this whole thing is I'm obviously working a lot, blah, 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 blah. I'm supposed to be learning lots of medicine because I'm doing it 80 hours a week. And that's the whole point of residency. And I didn't feel like I was learning the things that I wanted to be learning. I was thinking to myself, oh, I'm not learning like evidence-based medicine. I'm not learning about the landmark trials and what empiric therapies to do for this thing. I am learning that stuff, but I thought I'd be learning three of those things a week, for example, rather than maybe one a week and then all these other things. And really, in reality, I'm actually learning all these other skills that you can't learn from reading skills that apply directly to my job, like skills that apply directly to my efficiency in my job, to, you know, my, some of my soft skills in my job, um, procedural skills, and then also learning certain things that are a little bit more nebulous and a little bit more complex, like learning how to make, how to be decisive and make certain decisions when there is no clear right answer. Like for example, I had a case this week where basically I was stuck in between a rock and a hard place. A person was bleeding, but also had a giant blood clot and a main vein in their abdomen that would basically throw to their lungs, cause their lungs to have basically a heart attack inside their lungs, which would eventually cause their heart to stop. I felt in this patient because the patient was fairly unstable. And so I'm in between these two places where I'm like, do I treat the blood clot with a blood thinner so that they don't risk having you know, like a a clot in their lungs and then potentially stopping their heart? Or do I, if I anticoagulate them or give them a blood thinner, they're going to bleed more. And that's also a problem. What do I do here? You know, there's no, the, the treatment for one is a bane to the other and to try and take care of one at the expense of not treating the other could lead to catastrophic results, right? So it was just this very complex critical thinking exercise and being able to do that and take into account all the factors of the risk benefit analysis, um, the, what are my plans, A, B, and C, if shit hits the fan, the shared decision-making with the patient and their family, all those different considerations, and then making a choice and living with the consequences of whatever choice was made is a skill. And it is, it is something that I learned, but it's not like, to me that it didn't feel like learning. It felt like I just have to make a hard choice because I wasn't sitting there reading about a criteria or I wasn't sitting there being told about a particular paper that showed one thing was better to some other thing. Right. Yeah. It was learning in a different way. Like one feels like learning and how you think you are learning. The other is just living through experience and gaining more so like gaining wisdom, right? Like Mm -hmm. practical wisdom in this sense. Um, And I think about that too, right? Like that, that's, can be applied to your growth. Like it may not look the way you want it to or imagine it to, but there are still experiences and things happening that are impacting you and creating that growth in one way or another too still. But you said the word critical thinking, and I'm actually going to flip the script and play devil's advocate a little bit here too. Mm -hmm. And I think, because this is also common and it's the total opposite end of the spectrum, but for 
say that situation you mentioned in the beginning where someone's just really consuming a lot of information and they're trying this and doing that. I think it's really easy to I think it's really easy to fill time and really easy to make it feel like you are doing something. But if you slow down and dissect it and go critically and you think critically about what's going on and start to put pen to paper and really write down like actions, we often can find ourselves in a place where you're just filling space and not actually taking the steps that you need to for this thing that you want to achieve. So instead of taking some information, taking that into integration within yourself and your life and who you are and putting that into action and committing to that, you can just be consuming one thing and consuming one thing and hop, 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 hop. So that's the example that we were using. And then you feel like you aren't making the progress you want to make, but when in actuality, you are just filling space and not actually doing something. So there's a level of here where you can self-reflect and begin to also take some accountability for what it is you're doing. And it's maybe time to revise your game plan and what you're doing, how you're approaching the situation as well. I might be misunderstanding what you're saying. Are you, at first I was interpreting this as you saying, sometimes sitting there and analyzing something is actually you procrastinating on doing the task and actually, you know, like thinking about doing the thing is not doing the thing. But it sounds like at the end there, what you're saying actually is sometimes doing the thing is you making yourself busy as an excuse to not do something that you should have been doing, which is going back to the drawing board and creating a more solid, actionable plan. Like what, which of yeah. those are you, are you reflecting on? They're both true both. at different times. Right? Yeah. I think so. One was an example, but zooming out on a larger level here, the, the point that I'm making is that that may also be necessary. If you feel like you're doing something and it's not taking you to the outcome you expect, then it's mm -hmm. time for some extra critical thinking and self-reflection and to look at what it is you're actually doing and how you're doing it. And it may be time to then revise, take accountability over something. Maybe it's something hard that like, maybe there is something you're avoiding and mm -hmm. that's something you're going to have to dig into. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was thinking about this in a different context today, where I was just having this general sense of, it's a really powerful general sense of dissatisfaction. <clears throat> and I was thinking about how our emotions or our bodies will signal to us a very strong sense of dissatisfaction. And it's on us to dissect that and go, okay, what part of my life am I dissatisfied with? Mm -hmm. Like I could just live in this gray state of dissatisfaction and not be happy where I could figure out what thing in my life my body is trying to tell me I'm not okay with. I mean, I had a friend telling me like that she was feeling a similar way and right. was breaking down like, well, I have good access to nature. Like I have close friends that, that I can talk to every day. I like the work I do, you know, this, this, and that. And she was trying to figure out what is the thing that I feel dissatisfied with. And I thought it was very poignant. I thought it was um, really useful to, I don't know, to, yeah, like you're saying, go back to the drawing board sometimes. If you feel like you're spinning your wheels and you're not getting any traction going anywhere. That also brings up for me too, though, it's really helpful to have someone 
to see and reflect and process and work it out with you too. Because there's mm-hmm. so many times that we get stuck in our own way. You can see and understand why you're doing something so clearly because it makes sense to you. And then another the person can just look at you like, why are you doing that? Like you could just do just this or like this is just leading you in circles. You don't see it because you have your blinders on. You're committed to this thing that you're doing. Mm-hmm. But just having that space to self-reflect and just bounce ideas back and forth and someone who can see from a different lens other than your own is very helpful too. Mm, yeah. Or they can yeah, see absolutely. your wins, right? Back to the original question. Like <laughs> they can actually see this growth when you yourself weren't able to, and they can pinpoint it because, oh, I've seen you showing up this way. You've been doing this. And you're just like, uh, like you just got used to doing that and you just overlooked it. But it is significant growth from mm-hmm. where you were before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do think that having somebody reflect to you where you're at is good for better or for worse, right? is incredibly important like to have trusted friends or a therapist or whatever who can do that for you um that also made me think about when i'm at work and somebody asked me to explain my thought process when i say oh i'm going to do this and okay well like why are you going to do that sometimes i mean we will talk about that frequently one just because it's like okay well just kind of get me on the same page with you like i don't disagree with what you're saying but let me know why you're thinking about doing that so we can be on the same page and sometimes it will be an attending asking you okay well explain your thought process to me why are you like i'm not again i'm not opposed to what you're saying but i kind of need you to sell this idea to me a little bit um you know so that we so that we're not just like using resources that don't need to be used or creating data that doesn't need to be created type of thing. Right. Right. Um, and sometimes it will agitate me, but most of the time it doesn't. And what I find is that like, if I can't succinctly articulate why I'm trying to do something, then I probably shouldn't be doing it. You know, if it's just like there, there is room for intuition and going off of a hunch. Right. Um, especially if it comes at like a low risk to, to yourself or to somebody else. But when you're, you're playing for higher stakes, being able to go, okay, well, I see this, this, and this thing, I'm seeing that they could be connected through this pattern, or they could be disparate problems. And I need to do this thing to figure out what's going on. Or I think that this thing will give me a clue that can push me down one path or the other. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think that's an appropriate use of resources. We'll move forward with that. Right. Um, uh, I think, you know, sometimes, sometimes we can go off of hunches or call them intuition when in actuality, we're just acting habitually mm-hmm. like, oh, this yeah. feels good. My intuition is telling me to do this. But if your intuition is telling you to sit on the couch and eating ice cream and watching TV every night, because you quote unquote <laughs> need a break, maybe right. that's not the thing. Maybe, you know, that's just dopamine. Maybe that's just a habitual pattern. Yeah. It's just more response than anything else. Mm-hmm. craving comfort or creating an easy way like you know this procedure is safer and more likely and puts me less in the sticky situation so we're gonna i'm gonna default to that one because it feels good it feels good because it's safe but it may not be actually mm-hmm. the right thing for this moment mm-hmm. yeah so essentially if we were going to wrap this up and kind of summarize what we're what we're talking about one th- the pace or the amount at which you're learning is in some ways a self-perception right uh some of it is setting an ill-defined goal that's arbitrary and then constantly moving the goalpost so that you never have satisfaction. Um, I think that was, that was one of the big takeaways. Um, and then the second one I think was 
being able to interpret or being able to make a judgment call as to when you're spinning your wheels and not getting any traction, when it's appropriate to go back to the drawing board. Conversely, when you're spending too much time at the drawing board at the expense of actually doing the thing you need to be doing. And then the third thing sounds like having somebody who can reflect back to you where you're at, whether that's you're growing well, you're growing better than you think you are, or you're maybe not growing as well as you think you are. And also, why are you doing what you're doing? Somebody who can ask you those types of questions and keep you centered and on track. Not to say that you can't on some level do those things for yourself and you should develop those skills if you don't have them already, but there's something about a less biased, if not unbiased third-party opinion that's really helpful for these things. Self is Zach. And I got one. It's helpful. It's helpful. <laughs> it's helpful. I love him. <laughs> I just imagine you like full Yu-Gi-Oh. You just have like the little wristband thing on and you pull out a card that's me and you lay it down in the attack position. I mean, it's, I do. It's a cell phone. That's true. <laughs> living in the future. <laughs> right. We're living in Yu-Gi-Oh now. Uh, um, all right, bro. Yu-Gi-Oh, you got to go. We should probably sign off, right? Oh, probably mm. should. Plan words. Mm.